48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The headlines. The ICAC brings corruption charges against former pro-democracy lawmaker Aunok Hin and singer Anthony Wong. Government staff weigh up an internal memo telling them to get at least one vaccination shot by the beginning of next month. And HSBC reports better than expected results, allowing it to pay a dividend. The corruption watchdog, the ICAC, has charged former pro-democracy lawmaker Aunok Hin and singer Anthony Wong. The charge is linked to a 2018 public rally ahead of a by-election for the Hong Kong Island constituency. Vicky Wong reports. According to an ICAC press release, Aunok Hin and singer Anthony Wong jointly faced one count of engaging in corrupt conduct to provide others with entertainment at an election. The charge centres on a rally at Edinburgh Place in Central ahead of the by-election. There, Mr Wong performed two songs on stage and at the end of the performance, it said he appealed for people to vote for Mr Ao. A spokesperson said providing anyone with refreshment and entertainment at an election is corrupt conduct and a serious offence. The pair will appear at Eastern Magistrates Court on Thursday. There's been a mixed response to a government requirement that all staff must get at least one COVID shot by the beginning of next month or face paying for regular coronavirus testing. Head of the Federation of Civil Service Unions, Leung Chao Ting, said compulsory testing would be a financial burden for low-paid employees who can't be vaccinated. But this man said the internal note had spurred him into action. Honestly, I make my reservation after the notice. It may be a kind of motivation for the staff to get vaccinated. It is a very effective way to do so. But maybe we have our own decisions is better. Development Minister Michael Wong says the authorities will consider loosening restrictions for development projects in areas adjoining wetlands and wetland buffer areas, or WBA, were not necessarily off-limits. He said their potential had to be considered. Mr Wong said a panel in his bureau would see if the plot ratios there could be increased a little without compromising ecosystem protection in the Wetland Conservation Areas, or WCA. But Roy Ng from the Conservancy Association said the proposed change would inevitably affect the habitat. Further increase on the development intensity would only narrow down the flight path of the winter migratory birds. Some disturbance such as noise or adverse water quality and also some night light impact, the glare impact, can affect many kinds of species in the WBA and WCA. Some species of conservation importance such as the Eurasian otter or some flatlines, they can be subjected to the adverse impact. Retail and catering sector representatives say some shops and restaurants saw their trade double yesterday after the government distributed the first $2,000 instalment of its electronic voucher scheme that gives $5,000 to each Hong Kong resident, each Hong Kong adult. Francis Sitt reports. The chairwoman of the Retail Management Association, Annie Dare, said a wide range of shops such as furniture, electrical appliances and clothing stores all benefited from the spending vouchers, with some stores seeing a 50% or even 100% increase in trade. Speaking on RTHK, she estimated that the retail sector could see growth in the low double digits in the coming months thanks to the scheme. Mrs. Durr says some shops had introduced an extra 2% service charge for digital payments, but that most had actually offered discounts to attract customers. 
Speaking on the same show, Simon Wong from the Institution of Dining Arts said restaurants had already seen business rise by 10%. He said he expected around 10 to $15 billion out of the government's $36 billion spending voucher scheme to be spent on his sector. An official at the financial secretary's office has warned shops not to raise prices or charge extra service fees following the introduction of the spending vouchers. Jesse Wong from the Budget and Tax Policy Unit said shops that do so risk having their e-payment service contract terminated. Ms Wong warned people against cashing out their vouchers, saying shops that provided the service might be blacklisted and the police might be informed. A former chief executive of the Professional Teachers Union, Funka Kern, says the union has always focused on educational issues and it's hard to comprehend why officials had reversed their attitude and cut ties with it now. On Saturday, the Education Bureau said it would stop working with the union hours after state media called for the pro-democracy group to be eradicated. Mr Fung said society has focused on social movements in recent years and the union had simply responded when officials blamed education for various problems. But one Kwan Yu, who heads the Pro-Beijing Federation of Education Workers, said the government's move was expected, citing the group's participation in the 2019 protests. He said the PTU had become like a political party. A protester who's representing himself in Eastern Court has pleaded not guilty to breaching a gathering ban during a rally last year. Ma Chun Man, dubbed Captain America 2, is charged with two counts of breaching a ban on public gatherings of more than two people outside Pacific Place in Admiralty on August 15th. On the first day of Mr Ma's trial, a police inspector said the defendant had gathered in the area with David Lee, a regular lunchtime protester, and a woman surnamed Cheng to commemorate the death of protester Marco Leung. Mr Leung had fallen to his death from the mall in 2019. He said the trio had chanted protest slogans during the rally and had refused to disperse despite repeated police warnings. The US Senate has reconvened to finalise the text of President Biden's $1 trillion infrastructure bill. The measure has bipartisan support. The Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer opened the session. We're here right now during a rare weekend session in order to move the bipartisan bill forward as quickly as possible. The idea here is to produce an outcome a real bipartisan agreement that provides a significant down payment towards the level of infrastructure investing investment our country needs. The man leading America's anti-COVID effort says he doesn't expect any return to lockdown, despite the growing risks of COVID-19 infections posed by the Delta variant. Dr. Anthony Fauci said a sufficient proportion of the population was now vaccinated to prevent the U.S. getting into the situation it was in last winter. But he warned things would get worse. We're looking to some pain and suffering in the future because we're seeing the cases go up, which is the reason why we keep saying over and over again, the solution to this is get vaccinated and this would not be happening. The Australian state of New South Wales has recorded 207 new locally acquired COVID cases. 54 people are in intensive care and an elderly man has died, taking the death toll in the recent outbreak to 55. The New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, said people had to stop visiting each other. The main form of transmission remains workplaces and also households. And uh, that is being consistent. And of course, that is what we're trying to break the back of. 
And staying in Australia, more than three million doses of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine remain unused. Prior to the current outbreak, vaccination authorities had recommended the BioNTech jab for those under 60 due to the remote chance of blood clotting with the AstraZeneca. Now they have updated their guidance to say that those below 60 without access to BioNTech should consider AstraZeneca. The head of COVID vaccine task force, Lieutenant General John Fruin, says there's plenty of of AstraZeneca vaccine. I've got 1.6 million doses of AstraZeneca sitting at the moment that I can allocate immediately, but there is also another million and a half doses that we've allocated but just haven't been drawn on yet. So there is absolutely adequate uh, AstraZeneca available at the moment. So again, I encourage people to, to get out and get vaccinated. The commander of Tigrayan forces in northern Ethiopia has vowed to keep fighting until blockade, until a blockade is lifted and the federal government accepts its conditions for a ceasefire. General Sadkan Gabretensai said Tigrayan forces will also remain in neighbouring regions until they achieve their objectives. He said the military operations would put pressure on the Ethiopian government. Our military operations are at the end of the day. Ultimately, we will definitely regain our territory. But at present, the main objective is to break the blockade and at the same time pressurize the government to accept our conditions for ceasefire and ultimate political solution. HSBC says first half profit has more than doubled, enabling it to pay an interim dividend. Shares of Hong Kong's largest bank were up more than 3% in trading this morning. Altus Wong reports. Pre-tax profit came in at 10.8 billion US dollars compared to 4.3 billion a year ago. That's higher than market expectations and due at least in part to the global economic rebound and a drop in provisions for potential bad loans. Group chief executive Noel Quinn said in a statement that the strong results meant the bank could pay an interim dividend of 7 US cents per share. In February, the bank said it would not pay quarterly dividends this year. Stocks now, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,199. That's 239 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $95 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.65 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. Sport now, and here's Todd Harding. We started the Olympic Games in Tokyo, where Hong Kong's women's table tennis team of Minisu, Du Hoi Kem and Li Ho Ching are set to face Romania in the first of the quarterfinals in a few minutes' time, after they beat Brazil 3-1 in their round of 16 match yesterday. And in badminton, the Chinese women's pairing of Chen Ching Chen and Jai Fan are currently playing Indonesians Gracia Poli and Apriani Rahayu for the gold medal. 22 gold medals are being contested today in Tokyo on day 10 of the Games. The BBC's Katie Smith looks at where the headlines are likely to be made. All eyes will be on Ethiopian-born Dutch runner Sifan Hassan as she looks for an unprecedented treble of Olympic titles on the track, targeting the 10,000, 5,000 and 1,500 metres. The first of those, the 5,000-metre final, comes on Monday evening, though she'll have already run in the 1,500-metre heats in the morning session. Her biggest rival may come in the form of Kenyan world champion Helena Beery. Meanwhile, all three medalists in the women's 100 metres will start their campaign for Olympics glory on Monday in the 200 heats. Elsewhere, the track cycling action gets underway for the first time in the velodrome with the women's team sprint gold, the first up for grabs. 
American great Simone Biles has withdrawn from defending her gymnastics floor final. That's one of three individual gold medal events on the penultimate day of action at the Ariaki Centre. And history will be made in the 87-plus kilogram women's weightlifting contest. That's as New Zealand's Laurel Hubbard is set to become the first openly transgender athlete to compete at the Olympics in a different gender category to that which they were born. Two European countries have offered to help a Belarusian sprinter who was ordered home from Tokyo by her country's Olympic officials. The International Olympic Committee has said Kristina Tsimanovskaya is safe after seeking protection from the Japanese police. The BBC's Sarah Rainsford reports. Kristina Tsimanovskaya has said she won't return to Belarus, scared to go back after she openly criticised her coaches. The sprinter had complained publicly about being entered into extra races in Tokyo because teammates hadn't had enough doping tests. She says she was then taken to the airport under pressure and against her will, but is now said to be safe and seeking asylum in Europe. The Belarusian Olympic Committee, in a statement, says she was being sent home because of her emotional state. Halfway through day 10 of the Tokyo Games, China lead the medals table with 24 golds. The United States are second with 20 and host nation Japan are in third place with 17. Australia are currently in fourth with 14. Hong Kong are joint 30th in the medals table with one gold and two silvers. Away from the Olympics, the drama continues in Formula One, where Esteban Ocon was the unexpected winner of the Hungarian Grand Prix as he took his first victory in what was an eventful race. Lewis Hamilton fought back from last place to finish third as he regained the world championship lead from Max Verstappen, who had another day to forget. This report from the BBC's Joe Wilson. Formula One simmered in the Hungarian rain. What could possibly happen next? Hold on. Lewis Hamilton's black Mercedes proceeded, but behind him, chaos. Revisit the start with Valtteri Bottas and the other Mercedes. His mistake, the knock-on effect of that collision, both Red Bull cars were hit. Remember, indignation already raged between those teams. Max Verstappen's Red Bull was frantically repaired, and the track dried, and the race restarted, and the next drama. Lewis Hamilton changed his tyres after everyone else, found himself at the back. Max Verstappen in his patched-up car got to 10th, but there was Lewis Hamilton overtaking into 4th. Keep going, urged the team, and Hamilton squeezed past the red Ferrari of Carlos Sainz. The race was won serenely, memorably by Esteban Ocon, but Hamilton's third puts him back in the lead in the championship, and that was the Grand Prix. And that's our look at sports. The weather now, it will be sunny with a few showers, maximum temperature around 32 degrees with isolated thunderstorms, the outlook more showers and right at the moment it's 32 degrees and the humidity is standing at 68%. To end the news, the top story once again, the ICAC brings corruption charges against former pro-democracy lawmaker Aunok Hin and singer Anthony Wong and government staff weigh up an internal memo telling them to get at least one vaccination shot by the beginning of next month. HSBC reports better than expected results, allowing it to pay a dividend. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 2nd of August is today's date. 
Big thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. We've got a busy program for you. We're starting the week with a bit of music. And this afternoon, we'll be chatting with folk pop singer-songwriter Mara Misa. And we'll be chatting about her latest album called Don't Tell My Child. And also how motherhood has freed her to pursue her passion in music. That'll be in about 10 minutes or so. And we'd love for you to join us on Facebook as well. We hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2.30 news, we're back with this week's Trash Talk, where Marcy Trent Long